Welcome back to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. We're here uh, just after the trade deadline, uh, very shortly after, minutes after. Um, sometimes trades still actually break this late, which is a, a funny quirk about uh, trade deadline. But I, but I think it's safe to say that uh, the Dallas Mavericks uh, stood pat. They, they sat out and uh, there is uh, they're going to go into the final third of the season with the roster they have, which... I think it's perfectly acceptable, but we'll get into that. Just one co-host today. We got Mo. Hello. What's up, guys? You you don't need more. You get me, and you're good. You don't you don't you don't need more. Once you got Mo, you're good. Mm, no Mo Mo's. You could say. Wow, that was that was a real stretch. <laughs> I could I could almost. I mean, granted, it's a, we're talking through Skype, so it's not like we could see each other. But I could almost feel your your the hamster wheel in your brain running a lot harder trying to come up with that one. There there was clearly a better joke somewhere there <laughs> that um that that I missed out on. So that's a that's a bummer. But you know, I don't think there was really a trade the Mavericks missed out on. I, I don't I don't look at the landscape and think that they had to do something. I do think that they are a flawed team in some ways that could have benefited from a pickup here or there. But it just it's very hard for me to get like like truly bothered or truly upset by a a team that's not making trades when they've never been to the playoffs. This is a this is a team that's 31 and 20 right now. They've, they have not been to the playoffs with this core of people. They have a 20 and a 24-year-old. You know, their best two players are 20 and 24. It's just, it, it's it's not, you know, this isn't the year. I, I just, I don't, you know, you do want to give yourself the best chance you have to compete in the playoffs. Of course you do. But at the same time, like, like this is not a this is not an opportunity that you need to leverage assets into, you know, something big. And and that's why I kept, you know, I was, I was, I think I wrote and said this several times. I never expected anything big. I would have been fine with a minor move. You know, I, I think the the two I heard most commonly was uh, you know, I know the Mavericks had interest in Rondé Hollis Jefferson, uh, Glenn Robinson, who ended up in Philly. Uh, I, I know they they asked around about, but yeah, no, it's just this this was never a situation where uh, any move was needed. You know, other than you know the move they did make, Collie Stein, which was a suitable Dwight Powell replacement, and, and that was necessary. What do you feel? Yeah, no, I you know what, I'm with you. I actually am very happy they didn't make a drastic trade of some sort or anything like that. Like, you know, when I look at the Mavs and this is kind of like a longer term, longer view or wider view, I guess is they're ahead of schedule. You know, like I looked at this team as maybe making the playoffs, maybe fighting for the eight seed, but improved and being better than they were last year. And, and, you know, they've made a huge leap. And I think sometimes when a team makes that leap, we tend to move the goalpost immediately after that and be like, all right, they got to go do this and they got to run and make all these trades. And I kind of look at it, you know, it, it might sound a little bit weird, but I almost look at Philadelphia because of that, like that being a, an example of not doing that because, you know, they they looked a lot better. So they made a bunch of moves to to win now. And now they got this really incredibly weird roster and they're in a tough situation. Whereas I think with the Mavs, be patient. You said it. Their best players are 23 years. 
how old is Doncic? Like a baby. He's like 20, right? Or is he 21? Yeah, he's, he's turning 21 at the end of the month. In, in, okay. in I might add, in Miami uh, when oh. the Mavericks stay over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that ought to be a fun one. Um, it, it's, it's very, it's ver- the timing of all that is very known. Uh, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> of course it's his anyway. first drink ever too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, he's never been in a bar legally, not allowed to. So, um, not, not, not allowed. I'll, I'm, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue. Yeah. But I think they've, you know, they're they made a smart decision. If there's listen, if there's an opportunity to jump in something, yeah, you do it. But I think, you know, that there wasn't a reason to just be crazy aggressive and, and, and try to find a move. If if there was a way they could have gotten Covington for relatively small price, that's something maybe they do. But I, I, I kinda like standing pat for them. I don't think there was a reason to really jump out there right now. I wrote a column earlier this week, uh titled something like all all your trade ideas are bad all your mavericks trade ideas are bad and and the point of the column was really just more about how difficult it is for any two teams in the league to agree on on a deal and just all you know i tried to lay out all the parameters and all of the context you know contextual stuff that has to go on for for a a deal to be hatched and and you know and, and actually be completed uh, so that that was the point of the column, you know, it, but, you know, I do want to, you know, especially especially with the column and, and, you know, the slightly abrasive headline, you know, which, again, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun framing is, is the way I saw it. You know, I don't actually uh, I think there there's I'm, I'm it's a fun framing uh, for the headline. But, you know, it's it's not it's not that, you know, there's a lot of smart fans out there and I'm, I'm not saying otherwise. But I do want to also defend the fan right now, you know, defend uh, Mavericks fans that. Of course, they should want to win the title, you know, every single year. You know, the goalposts jump forward, um, and I think that's a good reminder and a good thing to, you know, to to keep beating that drum because, you know, it is easy to think that they should go make a, a big splash right now, and, and it is easy to think that, oh, you know, if they just have, a, you know, if, if they have this player or that player, they're going to have a chance to win a first-round series, and then maybe they could win a second-round series, and then you never know, and... You know, and I think that's a very reasonable, understandable place for any fan to be. And and we just have to be the voices of reason here and, and, and just kind of remind everyone how ahead of schedule they are, um, you know, how young this team is, you know, especially the stars, how how young in terms of playoff, uh, you know, not having playoff experience. You know, that's that's another form of youth, even though a lot of their role players are, you know, in in their you know, 26, 27, 28, you know, they, they have a lot of, you know, role players right around there. Very few of them have been to any playoff series. Uh, Tim Hardaway has been a couple times. He didn't really play in the first. Seth Curry, of course, last year in Portland was was out there. You know, so so there's there's a couple players who have done this. But but by and large, you know, this is this is not a playoff experienced team. And that that's important. That matters that you do have to go to the playoffs and, and figure out what it's like and, you know, understand the pressures. And, you know, it's not that I, I think the team's going to melt down and, and wilt. It's just that they, they don't have complete expectations for for, you know, what it's going to be like. And, and I think that, you know, that's that's another thing to remember. And that's what the season is going to build for them. So. As as they looked at the trade deadline, as they looked around, you know, sure they probably could have got something for Golden State's second rounder, which they own because of the Andrew Bogut trade in 2016. Is is it more valuable than keeping that and, and using it in June, when you know that you're adding, you know, you're at, you'd be adding to a roster that's headed into next season with playoff experience, with 
you know, more time, uh, you know, of Luca development and, and things like that. So it's a constant juggle. And it, it's just it's not concerning to me that there was no moves made. It's just it's it's hard for me to get really upset by it in, in any manner, because I think that, you know, this this team is this team is going to be fine. It's it's they're, they're in a perfectly you know, they're in a better spot than what, 28 other franchises in the league, 26, you know, in terms of their long term future. They're right there. I mean, the future is bright, guys. Listen, if you're in Dallas, put on some sunglasses, guys. It's shining for a while. I don't know what the weather's like there, if the if the sun's out or not, Tim. Uh, but, you know, in it general, is, there we bright. go. Yeah. There you go. Put on your sunglasses, folks. Enjoy the ride. Because you touched on something that's really important in the sense of the playoffs. And I don't think people – I don't think casual fans and the general public actually understands how completely different the playoffs are to the regular season. You know, just look at it this way. As a video guy, I have steadied your team if I know I'm going to match up with you for about two weeks before the playoffs even began if we're in a first-round matchup. Like, I've done my homework. I have stats beyond stats. I have the analytics team running all sorts of crazy numbers and giving them new stuff each day. I have video on top of video. I have every end of gameplay Carlisle has ran probably for the past four years. Um, you know, like I, you have all of these details and you're ready to roll in and you're focused solely on just one team. Whereas during the regular season, I'm just focusing on the team's last five games, ready to roll, move on to the next one, so on and so forth. Like I'm not as locked in. The schedule just doesn't allow you to be that locked in per team. When you're in the playoffs, you're able to lock in on these guys. And really, none of these guys have really experienced it on the Mavs, you know, except for the few you named. And and the ones who have, besides Berea, like, none of them have actually played really meaningful playoff minutes. And that's something that, you know, is it's shocking, I think, for most guys. That's why it's always a surprise when uh, teams first experience in the playoffs and they and they win a series or grow on a, a, a run. It's 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 really jarring, I think. For, for players to kind of find out how difficult it is. And, you know, just be patient. I mean, the playoffs might not be – that might not even be a good look for the, the Mavs this year. The guys might wilt. We don't know. Some guys might rise to the occasion. We'll see how all that shakes out. But, you know, it's no reason now to try to make a trade to just sort of jump – you know, to, to jump really – there wasn't a trade out there to make – that was going to make you immediately a contender where you put them on the, the Lakers Clippers scale in the West. Yeah, we can talk about, you know, the areas of weakness that they could have improved for, for, for a second. I did want to ask you, you know, I always, uh, I always think this and I, I never actually asked you like about your, your time, you know, with, you know, the, the Spurs and your, your time in the NBA and, and uh, your Clippers as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there an example uh, of, of, a, of a time you went into playoff series and, and just did something totally different uh, in, in the postseason than, than the way you played maybe like a star player, like the way you defended a star player that, that in the regular season, you know, you played them in, in a normal way. And then you went in, you know, the, the team went into the playoffs and there was a there was a total different way that, you, you know, the game plan was set up. Uh, based off stuff that was seen in video, you know, going off the top of my head, nothing. I mean, it might have been a different tweak. We might have defended something differently, uh, maybe defended like a pick and roll differently or, or or whatnot. But I think it's a, you know, but you rarely see a team do that off the bat. You know, I think teams put their game plan in, try to stay with what they normally have for games one and two, and then from there, 
may have to adjust, but I think the uh, the uh, who was it? it was Ty Lu. You know the the stories are out there that in Cleveland they used to spend part of practice where it was literally like we're not going to use this in the regular season, but we're going to start taking it. We're going to call this part of playoff practice and and putting in maybe a defensive game plan uh, or maybe a zone or whatnot or 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 offensive sets that they were just going to use solely in the playoffs and they were going to use they're dedicating practice time in the regular season to the playoffs. And I think that's something that more teams probably should think about because I think that's a smart way of going about it. And I think, you know, that's where you're going to see it. I think you'll see some teams kind of pull off something. Maybe they'll pull out a full court press out of nowhere, but sometimes it's not crazy drastic though, Tim. It's not like, Wow, they they've been an all man to man team, and now all of a sudden they're going zone. It's 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 sometimes that's almost just too hard for for players to to make that change within three or four days when they've been playing one way for eighty two games. Yeah, just to remind fans, you know, uh, there's so little practice time when when the season really gets going. Um, it it just it it drops. You know, you you give more off days because people, you know, players are just exhausted. You know, to to take a portion of practice and dedicate it to something that that won't pay off till months later. Uh, you know that that is a meaningful thing that coaches choose to do, and it's you know it's not you know it's not just a simple you know it's not like the team's practicing every day or or you know Monday through Thursday like an NFL team or I, I guess Tuesday through Friday I, sh- I should say. But uh, you know, it's it's very very different from that. Uh, setting so it's actually that's actually more similar to the playoffs like I actually kind of say it in the playoffs it's the NBA is kind of more an NFL style where at least you're locked in right. on one team for a few days um, you know and, and in the first round the games are so spread out you do get a little more practice and you're right in the regular season it's not as much practice time and even when you do it's fairly light because you're not trying to tire your guys out. You're not running three-hour practices with the game the next day, and you're not running full-on scrimmages, you know, to, to wear guys out and more and, and risk injury even. Yeah, and, and if you do, you might have your star player tweak an ankle and in this two weeks. So <laughs> that 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 oh is a quite quite the example of of uh, of why um of, of why teams are are shy of practice definitely. Um, you know, the, so so the team. You know, the the reason the Mavericks would have made some trades is because they are light at wing. You know, they don't have a lot of wing depth, and they are light on creating you know consistent ball handlers who can operate effectively in crunch time. I guess is probably the easiest way to say that. You know, their crunch time office offense continues to tank, continues to struggle every time they get in those final five minutes with the score within five. And, you know, it's not specifically, you know, that that is the definition of crunch time. But just late in the games, they struggle. Uh, when when the intensity goes up a little bit, they struggle. When Luca gets to the end of a game, he's often tired and struggles. You know, they, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, but, but they struggle. And having one more player that can help in that manner, you know, it, it's it's understandable why Mavericks fans and, and the Mavericks themselves would have investigated uh, potential trade options just to see if there was anything out there um that said you know i think there's a convincing argument to be made that letting this young team and especially particularly 20 year old luka Doncic, just you know continue to figure this out the rest of the season and even into the playoffs is you know there's some value in that um you know i, I do think that that you know the, the number one way you learn is is through game reps and and you know that the more he spends time you know struggling 
uh, late in games, but slowly, you know, figuring out one thing or figuring out another thing or, you know, becoming a little bit more comfortable and when teams do this or that against him or, or, or learning how to, you know, manage his, his fatigue and his, his, uh, you know, his stamina slightly better. Um, you know, I think that's all useful for him in the long run, uh, and, and probably useful for this team. Um, is, is that a fair argument to make? I think. No, absolutely. Like every game is a learning experience for, for Luca in particular, you know, and, and figuring things out. Like, you know, last year was a learning experience for him, understanding what the NBA game was about. And now this year kind of he has a better knowledge of it. And and I got newsflash for you folks. You know, next year he's even going to be better because he's going to have more knowledge behind it and, and more more ideas with it. You know, and that's also part of why making the playoffs is so important because let him get that experience now early on and, and, and learn. And learn also that, hey – it's harder to get fouls called in the playoffs. It, the game slows down in the playoffs. Things are all different. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. We're, I've kind of turned this into a playoff-centric thing and we're several months away still. But I just think overall, each game, every close game, win or lose, Luca's taking something away from that. He's learning something about it of, and, and, and he's coming away with it of value. And I think all of that is a positive for his him down the road career-wise. So, you know, it's it's being patient. Again, yeah, I mean, there's, just there's two months old. left. Yeah, I mean, it, it, two months left in the season. And, and you know, making the playoffs is, is going to be a, a good moment and, and, and understanding what that's like. And, you know, like I look at it a lot of times like the way the OKC teams when they're younger made the playoffs, you know. They finally made the playoffs and got knocked out in the first round, made it to the second round, got knocked out, made it to the conference finals, you know, and, 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 and eventually learned. It's kind of trial by fire and, and things like that. And you develop these things and you learn these things and you understand what it takes and how much harder it is each way. So this is all good stuff for Luca. Obviously, we'd, we'd prefer him to be killing in the in crunch time all the time, but. You know, let him develop this. Let him learn and, and and see where that goes. I have no doubts he's going to pick that stuff up. He's been too – he's too good of a player not to figure that out. I don't think that with 100% certainty I can say that not making any move was the right decision. I think that it's a very complicated calculus. I, I think that, you know, most teams, you know, can can always look back and, and you know, and, and theorize what would be better or not. You know, in truth, we probably will never know. But is it better for – the Mavericks to hold on to, you know, their their assets, which, you know, was an expiring Courtney Lee deal and a, and a Golden State second rounder. And, you know, if you really got, you know, crazy, you know, they, they could move on from Jalen Brunson or Justin Jackson, who, you know, Brunson clearly has more more value than uh than, than Jackson would. But, you know, you know, they, they could have done something within the roster. The the alternative is in, in to do that, you know, you'd bring in a player who'd give them a little bit more stability. You know, th- that's the thinking, at least more stability, more ball handling, more more uh, more potential in the playoffs that would potentially, you know, maybe maybe there's a player out there they could have got that would have been the difference between a a first round loss in seven games or getting to the second round. And can you say with certainty that the experience of then going to a second round and playing another team in the postseason is more valuable than holding on to a second rounder? No, of course you can't say that with certainty. Nobody knows. But, um, and, and, you know, if, if you're out there and you believe that it would be, would have been better for the Mavericks to make a deal and, and, you know, use these assets and, and get somebody else or something else or some wing depth or, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, I that's a perfectly defensive position it's just not something i can you know 
get a lot of energy up to argue against or to to moan about or to 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 say that you know this this was a some massive mistake and you know especially since I don't have the inside workings of exactly what Dallas was trying to do what you know what they did inquire about what you know was on the table uh, you know, I do see a trade like, you know, James Ennis, you know, got dealt from Philly because they they made a couple trades and they didn't have room for him. So they they shipped him off for, for virtually nothing. And, you know, I look at the Mavericks roster and think, yeah, sure, that 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 seems doable. That seems like like a easy move they could have made to shore up a weakness, just like they did with Collie Stein a couple weeks ago. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, uh, if you trust this front office versus if you don't, you know, I think that's where, you know, this really should come down upon. And I think that everything that Donnie Nelson and the Mavericks have done um, over the past several years leads me to believe that I, I trust them and and I believe that they are making the right decisions more often than not. So that's where I fall on it. And, and so, you know, I think there is some amb- ambiguity in, in the sense that, you know, sure, we don't know and, and, you know, the arguments that they, they should have done something are, you know, not, not crazy or out of left field. They're just, you know, they're, they're arguments that have a case and, you know, the other side has a case and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of it. That's, that's a lot of how the NBA goes. You, you never know for sure. Uh, you just hope that in the end, you know, things, things work out in the best. And, you know, this team is, as we said, very, very clearly still set up in, in, in the right way and, and, and has as bright of a future as anyone in the league. Yeah, and you know, to to your point, like, yeah, okay, they could have done something to get James Ennis, but you know, the other thing too is adding somebody to your locker room also has an effect to chemistry. You know, and you yeah. you never know necessarily how that fully plays out, and I think that's an important thing that we lose sight of it. You know, um, if they feel like, hey, our chemistry is really good in the locker room. We don't necessarily, you know, just making this move to make this move for a guy that we're not that high on. We don't think he's going to make that big of a difference. Why risk it? You know, and and I'll just tell you right now, it could, it's a chemistry is so fragile. I mean, it, it honestly can be ruined by just one person in a, in a, in a 13 person locker room. So uh, 13 to 15, however many guys are on the roster. Sorry, I kind of forgot how, if they have a full roster or not. Um <laughs> It's been a long day, folks. You, a lot of trades, a what lot is, of podcasts. What is a roster anyway? Yeah, you know. What are numbers? Of, just a bunch of people today. Uh, but, you know, but I think <laughs> that stuff has an effect and you have to sort of evaluate these things, you know. When we bring this guy in, how is this, you know, he's going to eat this person's minutes. How's that person going to react? And there's so many different little things that go into these details. So, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm with you. I trust the front office. They've done a good job. I'm actually pretty impressed that they didn't make a move or or try to jump forward or try to uh, almost skip ahead, you know. And and and, right. and and I think it's a good thing. I think it was a smart decision on their part. If there, if there wasn't a trade to be made, they're good. Like I'm I'm not worried about them. I think it's still going to be a great year for them. Finish the season strong and allow them to kind of figure everything out. And I'm sure also. The Powell injury, injury threw them for a loop and, and, and threw a wrench into the plans. And that's part of how this works, you know. And maybe they do make a move if they have a, a healthy Powell. Maybe they don't. Uh, I think these these are all things that go into it. It's all fluid throughout the entire season. And, and we'll see what they start to do in the off season and how they add pieces. Mo, respectfully, I'm about to invalidate this entire podcast. I think they should have made a move. I think they should have traded for Giannis. It's uh, pretty embarrassing they didn't. And... um truly a uh, a missed opportunity why didn't they just well i mean i mean really if they really should have done 
you know, a three-teamer and found a way to get Giannis and Ben Simmons. And let's just mm-hmm. go with complete length, you know, and, 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 you know, be able to hold hands from end to end of the court uh, <laughs> with their, with their length, you know, that sounds like um, a hideous team to watch. That would be so, um, I just I'm, threw I'm, him out. Uh, I know, I know, I know, but wow. Uh, I'm just well, imagining so maybe, you know, maybe, it, it, it'd be a negative spacing. It'd be inverse spacing. It'd be the, uh, <laughs> it's the opposite of space. Uh, not having space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the, the, yeah, make a trade for Giannis, make a trade for LeBron. Uh, maybe Dame Lillard <laughs> was available. I don't know that, that, that could, that should have been, who Oh I man, said. a perfect. I should have said, yeah. I should have said Dame. I should have said Dame with Giannis. Damn it. I blew it guys. Ah, Clay, I'm sorry. They could have done Clay Thompson. Like, the Golden State isn't even playing him this year, you know? Yeah, I know. What's up with that? He's sitting guys? at the end of their bench. Obviously, me, he must have been available. All right, I think, I think I, <laughs> what, what you got? Let, 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 let me ask you this one question because a lot of trades have happened. And, and, and let's just go a little bit of like just a thought from what you've seen. Who did you think did a good job with the, the trade deadline? Just give me one team that made a trade. Don't, don't cheat and say Dallas. I mean, I thought it made a lot of sense for Minnesota to get Russell for as little as they did and, and get off of Wiggins. I, I think that the Clippers moves were not as good as, as maybe uh, people think because I, I'm really not sure about the Marcus Morris fit on a on that team specifically. It's already an ISO-driven team with PG and, and Kawhi. Is, is it the best thing to add another guy to that that's, that's only going to deaden the ball movement even more? Uh, otherwise, you know, I... Th- I you know, it was there was a lot of moves, but it didn't feel like anything was earth shattering. So, you know, I, I don't really care that Drummond's moving within the uh, within the Midwest. You know, from from one non playoff team to another. I mean, I guess Detroit still has a chance, but come on now. The the one team I thought did really well was actually I kind of liked everything Atlanta did. They got. I need to. It was like seven different deals. It feels like I need to sit down and look at all of them and what their roster makes sense of. Like I haven't the, I haven't made sense of it yet. There's only two things they did that, that that really stand out to me is they got Clint Capella, a great roller to the hoop, great rim runner, and then they get Dwayne Dedman who can spread the floor. So it's almost like playing those two, you kind of continue to spread the floor and have a guy that's a, a rolling threat. My biggest question is I wonder what that does for John Collins' future in Atlanta yeah, over the next couple of years, and maybe that's you- something that they use later. Collins is one of the weird four fives that you really have to play next to a spacing five. And I'm not sure he can play with Capella, right? That feels like a stretch. I don't think he can, but I think he can play with Deadman, who they have. It feels, last it feels year, like a so. stretch because neither of them are stretch. Ironically, <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's the wordplay. <laughs> Good job with the wordplay. I think on that note, <laughs> we've hit our end there, <laughs> Tim. Man, we hit our in like four minutes ago. This is this has been downhill. Now nah, this Ugh. this is this is good. Um, glad glad to wrap that up. Um, you know, I think think uh, I think I think things are fine in Dallas. And and that if if there's one thing to leave, one thing to end on, I I believe that is the one. Thanks for coming on, Mo. We'll be back soon. <laughs>